0: Scripture reading this morning is from 1 Peter, verses 4, 12 through 19. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's suffering that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if the righteousness is scarcely saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. The word of the Lord.
1: Thanks. Morning. So um, let me just go back to one thing Michelle said. If you are interested in any of those things for your children, Facebook, we do on Facebook, if you uh, go to Living Hope EPC, you'll see on our Facebook Live page, you can go back and get all the names of those books. It won't be on the audio version that's on the website or on iTunes, because they they only pick up the uh, sermon. But on Facebook Live, we do the whole service. So if you're interested in those uh, resources and can't remember that, please pick up um, from Facebook Live. She mentioned Right Now Media. It's kind of a... Uh, Netflix for Christian things, you, that's free. Uh, we pay a monthly subscription as a church. All you have to do is text anywhere on the website. Jill will pick it up and can send you a link to get you on there. And it's got tremendous amount of resources. So I would encourage you to do that. Won't cost you anything except uh, getting a user ID and a password. So um, I'm going to do something for the next few weeks that I rarely do. Usually, I'm marching through scriptures, uh, the one book of the Bible, and I'll, as you know, if you come here, I will, and I we will do that again in a couple of weeks. I'm picking up a couple of more um, scriptures over the summer, uh, but this morning we are going to look at the scripture. But over the next few weeks, we are going. I just feel like I want to lay out uh, what do I call it a. Th- a theology of trials. Let's let's call it that. I've called it, uh, the title of the sermon series is called Fresh from the Oven. Because the heat of trial says in the scripture Bud just read, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trials that come upon you. And yet we are. Because I can't tell you the amount of times I've had someone say to me, like, I I can't believe this is happening. Why? I'm a Christian. Or I, how can there be a God? And these really, really hard things happen. And I'm not minimizing the hard things. Many of you have walked through, I feel like my life in many ways has been so blessed. I hear stories every week of some of the things. And yet, we all go through them, don't we? Not one of us in our lives will be untouched by trial by difficulty and it may your what what's trying for you is the interesting thing about it what's trying for you may not be for me and vice versa right if if we all of a sudden had a huge change and had to say move overnight to a different location that for me would be a, a trial my wife would think she'd died and gone to heaven my wife loves change she just thinks change is the best thing ever and she would see the adventure in it and i would see it as wow you know, really difficult, right? So, so again, the, the Bible uses several words for this, trial and temptation. And let's not think trial and temptation. A, let's not be surprised that it's coming, all right? But also, let's not uh, forget that the trial and temptation in and of itself, we know it's inevitable, but in and of itself is not bad. It's a place to test us. In the Bible, God is called both a refine, refiner's fire and a consuming fire, right? Now, what makes the difference? Well, I have a, we have a fire pit in our backyard, and we love that fire pit. It's great. It, it refines my sticks down to nothing. <laughs> my hot dogs, it refines into delicious, you know, I, we make s'mores, and it refines them just perfectly well. Ten years ago, when the townhouse right about 25 yards from our fire pit went up in flames, there's no time to roast marshmallows, right? It was out of control. It burned that house completely and damaged the two houses next to it. Was there anything different about the fire in the pit or fire in the house? Nothing about the fire that was different. Trials, temptations, testing. All these are going to come into your life. The question is, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to curse it? Are you going to allow it to weaken your faith? Are you going to allow it to push you away from God? Because here's what I get. Here's, as a pastor, if people are willing to be honest, people tell pastors what they think we want to hear often, but when people get honest, they'll say this, I can't believe in a God who would allow and fill in your blank. Any of us who have been, human beings long enough. And any of us who've been Christians have heard something like that. How can I believe in a God who would allow? Because the testing, the trial, the difficulty ranges from just a a personal temptation to sin all the way to the most horrible things that we can imagine human beings doing to one another or circumstances or what we call Mother Nature. It's a huge range, isn't it? And the question is, how do we integrate our faith? How do we not let our faith get shipwrecked when things happen? Because they will. Because they will. And I don't know what you're facing or when you get the news or when a relationship crumbles or when... Uh, the financial news or the medical news or the job news or whatever happens, where are we? So over the next few weeks, I want to talk about what I think God would like to work in us and how we can see this. I, I think for many of you, this won't be news that you've never heard before. But here's a little secret. It's in the midst of the trial that we forget everything we've ever known. You know, we make all sorts of plans and we make all sorts of procedural things to happen. The question is, in the midst of it, do we remember what the fire marshal told us to do and to calmly exit out the fire door? Or do we go, ah! and just throw our hands up in the air and run around in circles? The scripture has given us a way to deal with this, even the worst things, because Our Savior, our Lord, no one went through what he went through. And he demonstrated, he didn't let him drive him away from God. He took upon himself all that so that we could walk with God through these things. And so I don't know what your trial and temptation will be. I don't know what the difficulty will be. But we're going to explore a couple of things in this uh, over these next few weeks, this is a bit of an introduction. I want to read two two scriptures and make a couple of comments, and then we'll close this morning. First, we read, if you have your Bible open to first Peter, chapter four, I just want to make a couple of comments on this passage first Peter four twelve through nineteen. Now, when Peter was writing, the circumstance is so different from ours. You know, there, Christians were under intense persecution at this time. This is the days of Nero. Peter is writing at a time when Christians were subject to death, to persecution, uh, being ostracized. As people in our world can imagine, there are places in the world where that still occurs. We are in some ways fortunate to have that, and yet the, re- the words are relevant to us. Beloved, he says, don't be surprised at the fiery trials. So number one, don't be surprised. Please, please, when things happen, don't think, how could this happen? I know naturally it's a human thing to do. Immediately remember, oh, yeah, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. This is going to happen. This is coming. So now the question is this. First, when you're not surprised, are you going to choose to use it? Are you going to choose whatever the trial, when you get the call, when you get the finality of something that happens that you know is going to be so difficult, are you going to make a faith choice to say, God, I invite you in to this situation to make a difference? Don't know how you'll make a difference at this point, but I invite you so that my faith isn't shipwrecked, but you come alongside me. So here's what, Peter's counsel was to people who were in the midst of the fiery trial. Starting at verse 13, rejoice. Oh, let's get real, right? Rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. So the first thing the scripture tells us to do is we're going to make a choice when things are are bad, when things are rough, to say, Lord, I rejoice, not in the thing itself, not to say, oh, I'm so happy that I'm getting bullied at school. It's just great. I love it. No. What you say is, Lord, now I can understand a little of what you went through, because here's overarching thing, and you hear me say this all the time, the goal of life is not to make our lives so easy and happy that nothing bad ever happens to us. The goal in our lives, we have a very short breath of life to make a difference, to become conduits of Jesus Christ to this world. We are little, if you are a Christian, you are to be a little Christ and you can't be a little Christ unless you know him and you cannot know him unless you enter into his sufferings. That's what it says. If you are unwilling to enter into the suffering of Jesus at any level because we are, we are so against pain, we are so against rejection, we are so against being disliked, here's what will happen. You will contort yourself to be liked by everyone, and you'll contort yourself to be liked by this world. And Jesus said it like this, if they hated me, they're going to hate people who follow me. Now you say, well, how could they hate Jesus? He was so loving. He was so kind. Absolutely. How could they? Because darkness hates light. And so how that happens, the mechanism by which that happens, I don't know. But if we will stand up and and walk in the love that he has for us at some level, he says it is inevitable that you will find yourself in a worse position. You will find yourself suffering. When you are completely honest, when you are completely up front, I have had people, I I, I tell you this, and you maybe have this experience too, where you're in a situation where you are completely honest and do what the Jesus thing and, like, say, report every dollar on your taxes, and the person next to you says, why are you doing that? They're never going to know. And you're going to make me look bad. I had this situation. I said, well, it's the right amount. It's the truth. Yeah, but... You don't have to. No, I get to. Yeah, but you see, if, if you do that, then that's going to make me. You, you, I mean, you're going to do that to me? Um, I'm not doing that to you. You're doing that to you. Rejoice. They hate you. And you share the suffering of Christ. Keep going. You were insulted when you were insulted. If you were insulted for the name of Christ, you're blessed. What? It's the Sermon on the Mount, right? Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you, say all manner of evil against you falsely. Why? Because we identify with Jesus, the Spirit of glory, and then the Spirit of God will rest upon you. I know this seems counterintuitive. Welcome to Christianity in the Bible. It is Ultimately counterintuitive. The way up is down. The way to life is death. The way to become happy is to die to yourself and serve someone else. And the world will tell you, you are crazy and I'll say I'm a Christian. That's just the way it is. All right. Let none of you. But then he says, not every trial is a God thing. Just, I, I'm just telling you, again, if you smoked, I'm not, this is against you, but I, I've had my grandfather was like, oh, I'm going through this trial. I, he smoked two packs a day for 50 years, and he had this trial of, of lung disease. I'm like, well, yeah, but, so he says, Jesus says it this way, or, or Peter says it this way, let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or a meddler. Like, if you suffer because of that, I'm not talking about that. That is suffering, and it has its own, consequence and grace, but if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Let me just say this briefly. We're living in a world where uh, the the mood toward Christianity in the last 50 years is changing, okay? It used to be that we were in, if you were a Christian, and I don't mean nominally Christian the name only, but if you were really trying to walk the things of the Lord, there was something admirable about it. It's moved, in my opinion, uh, it's moved from admirable to accepted, but now so maybe indifferent a while ago. Now derision, exclusion, hostility. I think just a wave of culture would say, to the extent we say biblical truth is biblical truth and we stand for Jesus, we should expect, and you know what? Rejoice. The last thing Christianity, the last thing we need as the church is nominal Christians. We do. Name only means nothing because ultimately people are going to stand before the Lord and they're going to say, I never knew you. Yes, you called yourself this, but I never knew you. So I'm thankful that the culture is doing its job for us, which is dividing and saying, who will be Christ followers? Who's not ashamed of being a Christian? And it it doesn't mean, let me just say this right, it doesn't mean you have to be a Republican. It doesn't mean you have to be a Democrat. It doesn't mean you have to be anything political. Being a Christian is a Christ follower. And there are Christians walking in communist situations, in atheist countries, in Muslim countries, in, in situations and circumstances that are so difficult, so hard. And to be a Christian and to identify as that is our calling. And the trials and the temptations and all that come with that should be on us when we identify with Christ and we get to know his suffering. Finally, in this scripture, don't be ashamed, it says, but glorify God, for it is time for judgment to begin at the household of God. If it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who don't obey The gospel of God. Because see, God's either a refining fire for those he loves or a consuming fire for those who hate and reject God. What kind of fire are we going to be under? I want to be refined. But it's hot. It's hot. It's hot in the oven. That's another thing. Don't be surprised. And I've never seen a cold oven cook a loaf of bread. It just doesn't do it very well. So. Last scripture, and we'll close. James chapter 1. Got your Bible, you can turn to it. James chapter 1, verse 3. Consider it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance perseverance whatever you know the problem with perseverance you know I, I like I go to the gym workout you know why I'm really terrible at it because I get tired I get on these machines in like five minutes I'm really tired and I stop because who wants to keep doing something when it hurts I mean like I'm doing these machines and I'm a few minutes in and I'm like huffing and puffing and it hurts so like I stop because that makes sense to me when it hurts I stop right runners right you run and it starts to hurt and you stop I said, here's the problem. You won't finish the race, right? You won't finish your Christian race if you stop while it hurts. You won't. Uh, You will end up nominally Christian. I mean, you may be more Christian than anything else, but you won't unless you persevere. Now, what perseverance looks like for you and what perseverance looks like for me may be really different, Okay? Here's that word when it says trials. It says, let the trials produce endurance. Two words, hypomone means this, to remain underneath. Hypomone, remain under. Endurance, steadfastness, patience, waiting, perseverance, all those things. We're going to look over the next few weeks at some of these words for trials. It's fire, it's squeezing, it's it's. Hard, hard things. And I don't mean to make light of any of it. But that our faith either becomes a lifeline and a conduit. It's the rope we hang on to that's never breakable. Or we let go because it hurts. And we say, well, I just can't do it. And what happens is we lose the one thing that grants us salvation. So as we move through this. I'll encourage you. I'll be posting in our, in our emails some scriptures to read, to think about, um, and I was want to share with you a story. When I was up till the time I was about twenty six or so, I um, I was a, a Christian. I'd become a Christian at eighteen, and by the time I was twenty six, I was I was a, I was a progressing Pharisee. I was, I was a really good, I was a pretty good Pharisee too. And what I mean by that is I felt that I had done everything right. I, I felt that I'd made good choices from the time I'd been a Christian on beforehand, you know, I drunk a little bit. I'd done some things I should have done, but I asked forgiveness. And so it was all good. And then the next eight years, I'd sort of, I'd been, you know, successful in my job, successful at college, um, done everything right. And so things were really going swimmingly, you know, bank account was full. Um, you know, just doing really well. And at 26, I kind of crashed and burned. And I won't go into all the details, but many of you know, and, and just sort of, it just was a, a, a public crash and burn. And some of my own doing and a lot of other people's doing that came upon me. And so there was this point where you can call it whatever you want, trial, temptation, whatever. And question was for about three months it was do I choose to use this or do I just say just bag it if it went this badly and I was trying to follow the Lord and he you know because God is not going to fit into my theology he's not going to fit into your theology I don't care how you, but he's bigger than your theology I mean I don't mind telling you I'm charismatic I'm reformed blah 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 but he's bigger than all that he is he'll break through whatever your theological constraints are and he'll break through it through trial, and he'll break through it through fire. And he'll consume the parts of you that are not meant, were never meant to be you, but have been contorted by sin. Or you will hate him and you will turn and, and he and, and you will not walk with him. Well, anyway, so about three months into this, just this kind of laying on my face saying, How could my life have gone so terribly wrong? The the first word I'd really heard felt I'd heard from the Lord in so long was let's begin to understand grace because you thought you deserved my love and and I, and I was so this is my version of what I felt God was saying is that you were so lucky God you were so lucky that I was on your team that was sort of the idea God said you don't get it you don't get grace because I was so broken, and thank goodness I didn't go into the ministry prior to that, because I would have been the best pharisaical minister ever. Do the right thing, obey all the rules, God will love you, and things will go right. When trial and temptation and fire come, it is the grace of God and understanding that it is undeserved. And this began to shape my life in a completely different way and took me on a completely different path. I can tell you honestly, it was hard to rejoice in the trial when it was happening. I wish I had the maturity to do so, but at 25, I didn't have the maturity to rejoice in it. I rejoice in it now, not for what happened, but what it produced. Let's choose to use what God brings in our lives to shape us, because this life is not all there is, and we've got a few short breaths. Life is but a breath, and you have a few breaths to honor Jesus and you will not, you cannot imagine the reward waiting. Eye has not seen nor ear has heard what God has prepared beforehand for those who love him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, would you teach us how to use trial, how to use temptation, how to use the opportunity for perseverance, Lord, to shape us into the kind of people who would await your coming, who would love you, and who would make a difference on this earth. So, Lord, as we explore some passages about this, because you've said a lot about it, open our eyes, open our mind, and prepare us so we're not surprised at the fiery trials. Lord, but we find you walking with us as we've invited you in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with me, please, as we worship?